And I mean, there's, there's so many things that have happened in this city where men and women have died, like it says in Hebrews, they weren't wor the world wasn't worthy of them, you know, the strength of their faith. But you see, this is what I'm trying to communicate, and it's so difficult to just teach because it's just scriptures. But as you get into these scriptures, and if you'll stay faithful and stay digging in these things and be a man and a woman of prayer, I'm telling you, you have to keep calling upon the Holy Spirit because I, as I pray all the time, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. You know, I'm a teacher, but he's the teacher. He's the only one that can take these truths through your meditation of them. See, it's not what you do in the classroom. It's what you do outside of class. It's what you do when you step away and you say, Lord, I need you again to show me this stuff. I don't just say that to you for fun. I mean it. I want your lives to be changed. I want this to do some good in you, but it won't just come from hearing me speak. All of us, <clears throat> any of us that have been packed and had our lives turned around, it's because we as individuals had to begin to cry out to God and ask his spirit to open the stuff up to us. But hallelujah, he will open it up to us. So this is what I'm trying to say. And see, if you get a hold of this issue of God's grace, what's really happened? When you realize God's commitment, God's devotion to you is beyond anything that your human understanding can, can grasp, it's what, again, liberates you to live for God, say no to sin, and that's when things begin to happen. Then, again, when you're, whether it be like you need people, everybody needs finances, when you begin to sow your finances, you're not sowing them because you feel like it's a formula that I've heard that's good to obey, or you're not trusting God for your healing because you think that's another formula that might work for you. But something happens where you just realize how deep and wide this love is for God, of God for you. That, again, I keep saying it, that living faith, a powerful, strong living faith, becomes a natural byproduct of this revelation of God's love for you and this grace and my God, if he's done this much, that's why you'll find up, wind up saying like that, if God so loved us, if God so loved us that he gave us his only begotten son, how shall he not also with him freely give us all other things? But see, the first thing is before you can believe God for other things is again, knowing this. This is why, again, this in the love walk is so foundational. Hallelujah. Now you got me preaching. It's all your fault. But verse 3, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let me see your joy-filled look, please. Let me see your joy-filled look. I'm looking back there for all. More. Moreover, let us, let us also be full of joy now. Not full of pizza, full of joy. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings. There's something that happens when you get this. Again, God's ordained praise to shut the mouth of your enemies. When your mouth is filled with this, your enemy doesn't talk to you too long because he can't. Because God's not a liar. When you continually realize what God's done, praise again will be something that's just natural. You don't go, oh my God, you'll go praise the Lord. You will go praise God as opposed to, oh my God. Anyhow, moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship, they produce patient and unswerving endurance. And he said, endurance and fortitude, verse 4, develops maturity of character, approved faith, 
and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit. Character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Verse 5, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. Not that kind of hope. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given us. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for and in behalf of the ungodly. Verse 7, Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and a lovable and a generous benefactor someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, in other words, we were not good people to die for. We were vile. We had wicked hearts. We went our own way. We did anything we wanted to do. But it says God sheer, clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, this man went to that cross and died this horrific, horrific death for us. Now verse 9, here it goes again. Therefore, since we are now acquitted, in other words, remember, it's right now. You're not going to be in Christ. You've already been judged innocent. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, and made righteous and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood. And here's this verse. Listen to the last half. How much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of of God. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What does it say? It says, if indeed we've now been justified and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain? There's two Greek words there, pulos and malon. How much more certain words that speak of the incredible intensity of how much bigger what God has done but it says, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? Now, here's again why I started teaching this a couple of years ago again. It's just this issue because everybody talking about the coming wrath of God. The wrath of God is coming. The judgment of God is coming. But not on me. Did you hear me? Do you believe that? Do you really? <laughs> Are you saved? How many of you are saved? I mean, I hope you're all saved. Is everybody saved? You've received Jesus? Then you have to understand this. Not by virtue of your goodness, but by virtue of your faith in Him, you now have been delivered from the wrath to come. That should make you happy. You need to notify your face. <laughs> So when everybody else is talking about the coming judgment, you see, so this is what really bothers me. They're pointing at Christians and pointing at believers, and you better watch. The judgment's coming. The judgment, and they're doing it like it's coming on you. And that's what people are hearing. People are hearing, oh, oh my God, you know, judgment's going to, you know. No, you see, I've already been judged. Now, again, this is why I say over and over again, this is a horribly dangerous message because all through history, we're going to read some things tonight, you know, from Chuck Swindoll's stuff and even from Martin Lloyd-Jones. People have taken this truth and abused it. 
and they've received it as a license to sin, which is what Romans 6 says. Shall we then just continue to sin? In other words, if we've already been judged righteous, if we've already been found innocent before God, I guess that means we can just go boogie, do anything we want. We can go mess around. We can sin. We can do anything we want because, hey, through faith in Jesus Christ, we've already been judged. <laughs> and you see, the, the, the frightening thing about that is part of that is actually more true than it is untrue. 